Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah. We're counting you down to the start of the college football season. It's the top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness here on The Zone Sports Network. Six days to the first college, no, five days to the first college football games. Southern, no. Southern Utah will be playing uh, at San Jose on the Week Zero Saturday games. That is correct. Ten days to the Ute opener with Weber State and 12 days to BYU's opener. But suddenly, the season finale is in the news. We're taking them 12 games at a time, PK. Why? Well, that's Mel Kuyper said to. That's clearly the biggest game on BYU's schedule. <laughs> I see what you did there. Now that the rivalry games, you know. Well, I asked him about that, and he said, well, yeah, you're talking about the out-of-state game? Yeah. So... This is a huge game. I mean, it's a, the most prominent program on their schedule. Obviously, man. Mel Kuyper, draft guru. Oh, says, Mel, he's just an NFL college guy. Mel Kuyper says USC will clobber BYU. Why so disrespectful for a team coming off such a great season? Yeah. He just looked at them and basically said they so poo-poo. Old school right there. Uh, that quote's a couple years old. Oh, last time the game was played. Uttered by the Ravens' backup quarterback. Well, for now. We never going to lose it, do they? they so poo-poo. <laughs> y'all, can tweet, y'all can tweet that. <laughs> y'all can tweet that. <laughs> I love Tyler Huntley. <laughs> I just thought he was just a great success story. Kid coming out of his element all the way across the country, stays here, graduates, plays well. Wins. Yeah. What a story, man. I think they should hold that up as they go out and recruit around the country, particularly far-flung places. Look what you can do here. Look what he did. This is a great story, you know. And he, and he got in trouble. He dropped that F-bomb again in Oregon. It's bleeping embarrassing. Oregon State, we lost. That's embarrassing. Yeah, excuse my language, but... Okay, okay guys, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, thanks. Bye. I got that. Covering the team on the road that only you can get on the road, as DJ would say. That uh, sitting there in that situation, that was his sophomore year. They went up to Eugene and got slaughtered. And they had lost four straight, as he said, and it was embarrassing. And it was embarrassing. He lost it for a moment. And I asked him, like, in a week or two, I said, hey, man, did did anybody uh, get get with you? Anybody from the school? Yeah, I had three talks. (laughs) You know, and he came, he wasn't the greatest interview. He became a little reluctant. There's one time um, in this very building, there was uh, some event I mean, it may have been that April uh, with the state of the sport thing. And he had a young lady with him. He came up to me, and she was interested in getting into media, television, and all that. And he was there, and he looked so sharp. He looked like a million bucks. And he was asking me, and she was there, you know, how, what, what, what do you think? Uh, how, what should I be concentrating on as I was getting ready to, to, to move past the elective stuff and into my major? And I was just so impressed with him. And it was away from, you know, football interview type. It yeah. was conversation. And I just enjoyed it. And it wasn't very long, but he came up to me in the building there and we were talking about it. And the young lady he had was very nice and lovely. And I don't know whatever happened, 
but I really root for a kid like Tyler Huntley to get out of his element down there in South Florida, come all the way over here and succeed and exceed, succeed extremely high. And then to go on undrafted and make the NFL. I'm a huge fan of Tyler Huntley's. And that's part of the rivalry. They so poo-poo. I mean, I don't know what that means. but uh, <laughs> I think know. we know what it means. I, I don't. I've never heard that expression. I know. Uh, and they'll never lose to them. That uh, puts the onus on the uh, Utes to carry that out. He was with Monson the other night, and he says, do you, do you think that they'll ever beat Utah again? I said, yeah. Of course they will. There's mm-hmm. no never in sports. I hate it when people say never. I just automatically go against never. Yeah, but after you're dead, it is never. <laughs> okay. And I don't know about you, well, guess, but I'm one day closer to death. Sure. Now, despite well, your haircut, if, you look very young, but if still. You're, if you're going to keel over in the next week, then it's never. But you keep playing, stuff happens. I didn't think San Diego State was ever going to be UCLA. That seemed like never. And they finally got him. It's a big moment in your life, huh? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> was I it, enjoyed it. What does it mean now? Huh, not much. Doesn't matter, but it's a football game. For three hours, I enjoyed it. You're right. It's not like people start mailing me checks. It's not that. Uh, we get so worked up about this stuff. What does it mean down the line? Not much. But in the moment, it's fun. Uh, so certainly they will. But I was surprised. You know, I got up Saturday morning and was going to uh, play some golf later that day. And so I went to the gym in the morning. And I was flicking around, and, and I heard Mel, and they were breaking down a Pac-12. That's what caught my eye, or ear, in this case, since it was radio, uh, that they're breaking down a Pac-12. And I'm always interested to see what national people say about the Pac-12, because you wonder how much knowledge they have about well, the Pac-12. And particularly, he he's a Baltimore guy, obviously, and so that's as East Coast as you can get. It's in the bottom of the Northeast Corridor, which, you know, you know, it's a few hours south of New York, but still all in that same area. And they had decent knowledge. They picked Devin Lloyd as a breakout player. A player, you, it's funny because a player that you haven't heard of that you will hear of. Now, certainly we've heard of Devin Lloyd. Yes. I but think around he's the, the best player in the state. Right. But around the conference and outside of this side of the country, I guess, mm-hmm. yeah. they haven't heard of him. But they're gonna. Well, they should because, have by now. Because I think Mel Kuyper. I, I gave a pass because of last year, right? And Mel Kuyper, I think, is evaluating this, saying he's probably a second day guy. But if things go right, he could be day one, round one. Now, maybe not. Maybe ends up being. He certainly has the characteristics. Right. You look at him; he screams, body size, NFL linebacker. So we've got way. some of the comments here. You would you would predict, right? Um, Eldon, you know, who cares what Mel says? Play the game. I care um, what Mel says. <laughs> Dave says, cons- He's Mel. Consider the source. I'm Let's considering the source. I, I That's am, why I am it's too. noteworthy. I am, and I'll get to why. Rick, because BYU is a JV team. Rick, you're just trying to hurt people, Rick. Come on, Rick. Larry, because everyone knows last year was a giant asterisk. Yes, BYU technically finished 11th. All it took was a once-in-every-100-year pandemic. They played a dozen garbage G5 teams. Boise State's garbage? They were that night. They lost their best player in a decade. That's why, Todd says. 
There's something to that. I think it comes down to Mel Kuyper analyzes a lot of these teams off the NFL guys on the roster. And SC's loaded with NFL guys right now. And BYU just sent a bunch of guys. And he thinks at best they're a year away. So the other day I was talking to somebody in the program. And he was telling me about, you know, they get a lot of NFL attention. People come through and... Mm-hmm. and and all that stuff. So they have people that deal with that. I mean, Kalani can't deal with everything, right, obviously. So they've got a bunch of people. Every every program has it. Right. So he's telling me that this one guy told him that uh, in the West, as far as just physical appearance, mm-hmm. what looks like an NFL player, depending on what position you're playing, so he's coming off the coming off the bus or coming out of the locker room, mm-hmm. who just looks the part. Central casting, baby. Yeah, yeah. He said that he was told by NFL people that BY, of all the teams, and I don't know all the teams that they had looked over, but for this year, they had the second most physical appearance NFL look. Second best of all the teams in the West. Now, had they seen both Oregon and USC? I don't know. Right. All the teams. Because those were the two I'm going to default to. All we're hearing is about Oregon, Atlanta, and all these four-star guys. And he said they were second best. And the number one team, which obviously lead me to believe, who's number one? He said for this season, NFL-wise, Sun Devils. Really? Yeah. Yes! Devils, devils. Well, they're due. It's like every five or six years. <laughs> they, have, they win nine, have, ten games. Have your peak year. Yeah, and then, and then something happens. As I said, it's always something university. That's what the issue stands for. <laughs> <laughs> always something university. Yeah, yeah. So just when you think, yeah, okay, now we got it, there's always something that gets in the way. That's the point of always something. Now, yeah. Did you did you borrow that? Or did you come up with that on your own? Because if you came up with that on your own, oh, trademark. It's, it's been out there for oh, years. It is. Okay, yeah, it's not not anything new. Uh, so not what's been that out ought there. to be in a t shirt. Been out there for thirty years. Well, it's not a good thing. It's a negative thing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a t shirt Arizona so, fans yeah. are more likely to wear. Yeah. So uh, so take that for what it's worth. I don't know what it's worth, but I'm just telling you what I was told. So. Uh, and I haven't evaluated. I'm not an NFL talent evaluator, so I wonder if that I mean, refers to the size or the speed. Because I, I got to say, Notre Dame, Notre Dame coming out of the locker room. I don't know what game it was. I saw it, but Brian Kelly standing in front of that team, and just like, wow, Notre, Notre Dame, Dame coming out. You big. should see them coming out of they, mass. They are enormous. Obviously, lacking a little team speed, which is why you know they're getting beaten semifinals, not in finals. But that size is why they're in semifinals. But coming out of mass, yeah, when they're dressed up, they have mm-hmm. a big thing. They walk from the church, big sidewalk over to the locker room. It's really cool, and people line up by the dozens deep to cheer them on as they walk from mass. To the stadium, everybody 
The, the colleges have all these traditions, whatever they might be. You know, the NFL doesn't have it. The NFL has the game. Obviously, the game is far superior. But the traditions and all the stuff, and the, we've talked about that and all that pomp and pageantry and all those words. And one of the things Notre Dame did, they get them, because they usually, home games are uh, what, 3 30 their time? Because uh, they got that contract with what, NBC? Mm-hmm. So they're all set. And uh, so they just walk. They go to Mass in the morning and then walk across. It's very impressive. You can get if you're a Notre Dame fan. I wouldn't call myself a Notre Dame fan, but I would certainly call myself a Notre Dame follower. Growing up Catholic in the East, it's a big, big deal. Notre Dame. So I, I'm, I certainly watch them play for sure. So you heard this. <clears throat> I did not. I am curious the way the conversation around this goes. When Mel Kiper says beat USC, quote, will clobber. Close quote. That BYU. Was, that was the quote. Yeah. Was the discussion more about BYU has fallen a long way or no. this USC team is loaded and is going to be annihilating people? No, it was a people? Pac-12 conversation. Right. So this is more about USC is loaded and going to annihilate people. They were talking about he was going back and forth. Mel was going back and forth with himself on who to pick to win the South. That was the conversation. And he said he wanted so very much to go with the Devils and I think probably there's a little bias there because if you have any ESPN relationship that you were dealing with the NFL, you had a connection to Herm Edwards. And Herm, Herm Edwards is a lovable, likable dude. There's no doubt so about that. So he wants right? to pick his guy. That, that's my interpretation of, of it. You know, But, I mean, it has, they could, if, if they can get past all losing these coaches and everything and the impending NCAA fraction, infractions that are no doubt coming down the line uh, as far as that goes, then uh, if you can get pa- if they can get past it, I don't mean the voter, if the team can get past it, they've got a shot. And I don't know that they can. This is in a highly unusual situation, losing coaches like this in training camp. Can't recall it ever happening. So obviously they're trying to lessen the penalty that awaits them. Mel was saying that he really wanted to pick them, but in the end... He did go with SC, and then once that conversation went went that direction, then it became all about SC, and his co-host was bringing up their schedule and talking about, obviously, they play Notre Dame, and this year, I think it's due to be played in uh, earlier because it's they play it earlier in the season in October when it's in South Bend, and then they push it back when they play... In the Coliseum, and then it's reversed for Stanford. Right. Uh, The West Coast game is always Thanksgiving weekend. Mm -hmm. So they're talking about that schedule, and then the co-host obviously had the schedule up, and and plus they miss Oregon and Washington, right? Yeah, they yes, which is I mean, I know. (laughs) Why did they set up a schedule so they miss those two in the same year? It's not brain surgery here. Those two's history versus Oregon State, Washington State history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the conference does itself no favors here. Now, well, maybe it does, though. I disagree. That's the one thing that's been hot. I disagree 100%. That's the one thing that's been holding them out is they haven't had a team with one or zero losses. So having them miss those two games does the conference a huge favor if SC can take care of business against these other teams because that's exactly what you want. You don't care how you get in as long as you get in. And so not having to play those two tough teams, which you assume one of them would be on the road, that would be a better advantage to get the opportunity to be undefeated. I just don't think 
think it does any good to have, to miss them both in the same. No, year. I think it does more. It should have been offset over no, eight years. No. You're going to miss everybody the same number of times. That so you so with that in mind, do it that way. Put your best foot forward. Give your pri- your primary teams the best opportunity, and that gives them the best opportunity. It's actually genius. You couldn't, you can't multiply the favors that it actually gives them. I think now that you've thought about it, you're on my side. It sounded good at the time, but as far as what they're trying to do for the playoff, absolutely. They should never have to play them. Miss them every year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, wait, wait till we get to 16 and 20 team league. If your big goal (laughs) is to get a team in the playoff, then do it. Rig it however you want. Yeah, and Klavkov, that's what he's been saying, that that's their big priority. And so they're going down that road. So the schedule was favorable, and then they were talking about, and then the co-host said, yeah, they have to play BYU at the end of the season. That's a potentially intriguing game. And then Mel responded emphatically, adamantly, unequivocally. They will clobber BYU. And I thought, that is complete and total disrespect for a rising Intermountain independent program. BYU is on the rise. They're like the Phoenix. Farmington High? Risen from the dead. Ah. Built out of nothing in nowhere, much like the very capital of Arizona. Into a thriving megalopolis. I don't think Bronco would appreciate the way you're characterizing the end of his regime. Who gives a crap about Bronco? You do. Bronco was sitting on a yacht somewhere. <laughs> he took the money and run. <laughs> a yacht in Charlottesville? No, you go a little east. They got this thing called the Atlantic the Ocean. Atlantic Ocean. Much warmer. Virginia Beach, baby. I might add. So, Bronco? cares about Bronco. Mike says I'm not a BYU fan per se. I'll quit with the German. But it's French. But it's Mel <laughs> Kuyper you're talking about. It's Mel. He's simply Mel. You got Madonna. You got Rihanna. You got Mel. Very few people known by their first name. When you think of Mel, who else do you think of? Mel Kuyper. He's so famous now, they dropped the junior. Nobody says Mel Kuyper Jr. It's just Mel Kuyper. We know exactly. The junior has gotten lopped off. When we come back, more college football. And Kurt Kragdorp is on the way to talk pro football, covering Utah golf for Fairways Media and the Salt Lake Tribune. He was at the Utah Open. Tony Roman was there talking football and playing golf. Kurt's going to be here at the top of the hour. And Mark Anderson, sports reporter for the Las Vegas Review-Journal on his conversation with the Pac-12 commissioner at 9 o'clock. Stay with us.